Yeah, it's cold here, but it's not that cold. <laughs> Get ready to enjoy an earful of auditory indulgence as you explore Tom Moon's book, 1,000 Recordings to Hear Before You Die, presented in cooperation with Workman Publishing. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 1,000 Recordings Podcast, episode number 45. I'm your host, Anthony Joseph Landman, and with me as always is Delta Blues man, Mitchell Davis. What's up? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's super cold, man. I'm, uh, I usually always, you know, for the sake of the podcast, shut my air conditioner or my heater off. I'm just not going to do it this time. Uh, 10 degrees. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. It's like 10 degrees. It's super cold. Um, yeah, man. How are you? Good. It's, it's been a very long time. I know since we've, we've sat down and, and done this, um, all kinds of stuff going on, all kinds of things keeping us busy. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm good. Uh, just, uh, glad to be upright, uh, dealing with, you know, some different issues with my health and, and just being just incredibly busy. It just, you know, anyway. But yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm good, dude. I'm I'm great. Just it's good to good to talk again. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Um yeah, yeah, next I didn't tell you this. Next week on Black Friday, um I have to work Black Friday from 5:30 in the morning to 9:30 at night. Oh god. <laughs> I, it's, I don't like Black Friday. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I, I've i never even gone out on Black Friday until I started working um, retail. <laughs> yeah. And it's and such, I mean, yeah, it's such it's, a, man, it, like a consumerist nightmare. It's just. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the, okay, on, on the news this week, last Monday, there were people already camped out in front of Best Buy on Monday. And what? I'm like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> There's this lady with a tent, a couple of them with tents in front of Best Buy, you know, hunkered down with, you know, all their, their gear and people bring them food. And, and, and you, you have to think these people are, are taking time off from work. You'd imagine if they work. To sit in front of a of a department store, <laughs> right? So they can buy some, you know, a TV or a laptop or an iPod or something for like you know fifty bucks cheaper or something. I exactly. Yeah. And it's like, just no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I'm I'm actually going out that morning. I'm not shopping. I I have an appointment to get my my glasses and 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 what's odd about that is I, I burn up on my vacation this year and, and anyway I'm, I'm going to get new glasses so I'm, uh, hopefully it's, it won't there won't be people you know in tents in front of Texas State <laughs> Opera cool, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully yeah um, that would be weird yeah yeah there's a Best Buy right next to where I work um, uh, so oh yeah yeah and last year I did this last year and there were you know there were people camped out I mean, not intense, but there are people like there was a line of people, you know, at five thirty in the morning waiting to get in. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
We've got uh, three albums this week, John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman uh, from 1963. Uh, then uh, the Comedian Harmonists, uh, recordings made in the 20s and 30s. And finally, Ry Cooter, his album Paradise and Lunch from 1974. So let's start out with John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman. And we talked a bunch about John Coltrane on the last episode. So yeah. I'm really going to kind of focus on Hartman here. And I mean, of course, if you want to say anything about Coltrane, feel free. But yeah. um, Hartman, uh, he was uh, he lived from uh, 1923 to 1983. And uh, first of all, his this guy's voice, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, it's velvet smooth. <laughs> yes, it is velvet smooth for sure. Um, yeah, uh, let's see his uh, just a little bit about him. His uh, initial break came in uh, 1946 when he won a singing contest and was awarded a one week engagement with Earl Hines, the mm. jazz pianist Earl Hines. Um, that just 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 occurred to me, sort of like a. Uh, early American Idol, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, 1948, uh, he joined Dizzy Gillespie's band. And in my research, it said that he was dropped after a year. It didn't say why. I kind of wondered, you know, what, well, you know, dropped after a year. What happened there? I couldn't really find uh, an explanation. But yeah, he was dropped from Dizzy Gillespie's band after a year. Um, he recorded a few solo records in the fifties, kind of started to fade out, you know, and then in uh, 1963, he got kind of a career altering call from Coltrane who just wanted to do this album with him and had worked with him like 13 years earlier in 1950 at the Apollo theater and just kind of remembered him, you know, <laughs> remembered his voice and, uh, wanted to do an album with him. And they cut this album. You know, it's all ballads. And, uh, yeah, what did you think of this album? Uh, I love it. I own it. Uh, really? You So I you'd have, heard I've, this before. I've owned this for a while. Wow. Um, ironically, when we used to work together uh, at the uh, now, I guess, sort of defunct Blockbuster. Uh, oh, I think that's <laughs> the first time we've ever hinted at what it was. Yeah. You've ever said I mean, the name. I, it's it's odd because they're they're sort of going out of business now. So right, I mean, right. people have kind of been talking about that over there. I guess we can say the, it now. Was, it was it was blockbuster music. Yeah, that's what yeah. we worked at. Yeah, and <clears throat> I I got into that record back then, um, ironically because of um, Natalie Cole's record that she did. Where she did all her uh, her father's songs, oh, uh, right. unforgettable record, yeah, yeah. and um, <clears throat> I kind of was, you know, introduced to that record where people were comparing Johnny Hartman and, and Nat King Cole, and uh, the the thing about it is I I really would liken the two of them. They they both were really great great singers. Um, Nat King Cole obviously has a, you know. A significant edge with his his writing and, and playing skills, but I think they both were 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 incredible singers. And like I said, I, I got into that record back then to hear uh, his version of uh, of Lush Life, 
and uh, I was like, man, this guy is the real deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's just so very, very good as far as what he can do with his voice. And then the thing about it with with Coltrane there too, that was just such a perfect storm. I mean, I I think to me this record, one thing about it is, if if I understand correctly, they recorded this record in one day. That's right. Yeah. That's and I what, was like. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I know. I know. I know. I don't know how you could do this in one day. Yeah, I mean um, that that yeah. that's just so mind blowing. And then on yeah. top of that, um Coltrane himself was at a point where they could have done this record three more times and people still would have been like, "Hey, I I'm I'm loving it." I mean, he he could have you know just made a living making this style of record yeah and uh yeah you know obviously coltrane was one of those guys that just he was so driven you know i just you know he just he, he couldn't stand still on on style anyway uh yeah i i definitely have loved this record for a long time so um yeah you know <clears throat> yeah just, yeah uh, very impressed with uh johnny hartman's uh i mean <laughs> that voice i mean it's 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 really really smooth but you know it's it's kind of smoky and you know just uh very romantic and and melancholy at times right 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 yeah man um yes uh, everything that you said um (laughs) (laughs) uh the first track that we're going to listen to is called my one and only love and uh you know one thing that stood out to me you know aside from talking about Hartman was uh this album really shows or really showed me what a versatile player Coltrane was because before this I was used to albums like you know Giant Steps and uh Kind of Blue and all this stuff and and Coltrane's kind of famous for just you know like as Miles Davis said you know it's like you know why do you play so many fucking notes (laughs) <laughs> you know and just just famous for that charlie parker um influence uh bop style where he's just running you know up and down uh arpeggios and scales you know it's kind of lightning speed and here we get to hear a really different coltrane yeah uh, i mean uh he, he really is complimenting hartman here it's not like here I got this singer and then listen to me, you know, play a million notes and show you what I can do. He is really complimenting Hartman and he's playing just so lyrically and, and beautifully. And, uh, it's a whole different Coltrane, you know, on this record. Exactly. And I mean, like I said, I mean, he really could have made, um, a very comfortable career, so to speak making records just like this one where they were you know like you said he he just kind of compliments you know another vocalist or even another player so to speak where it's 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 you know very laid back and and very you know smooth and 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 you know i just john coltrane was just so driven you know i mean some some musicians are like that where they just they cannot stop. They cannot turn off that creative, you know, spirit where they, they have to have the next thing. 
you know. Yeah. And it, and you know, John Coltrane could have he he really could have he could have just put it on cruise control at this point and made record after record after record just like this one. But he he didn't, you know. I mean, they never made another record. I mean, as far as I know, they never made another record together, right? Like right. this, especially, which is the it just astounds me, you know. I mean, it they really could have been a creative force that would have lasted years, you know, yes. where they their names were just associated with each other, but they only had this one. And I mean, it, it's perfect in a way. Like I said, a single day of recording, and and then after that, I'm sure some edits and. And, and mixing or whatever I mean it's just a brilliant statement to the two of them that they they really had never really worked together before I mean they knew of each other from you know being with you know Dizzy Gillespie but never had really been a collaborative force until this record and it's just it's ridiculous you know they were both so good and to have two people that good where they clicked and mixed you know, it, it doesn't happen very often that way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, let's well, let's check out this first track. Cool. All right. This is John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman with my one and only love. Sure. 